It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com at MFFSOSS, Twitter.com, Twitter.tv slash AJNick3. Big show on this Thursday edition of the pod. We got NFL headlines around the league and kick off into our NFL Week 6 preview. Then we'll do our College Football Week 7 preview. Some games in the soccer international break. There's some um, Euro qualifiers that uh, we could look forward to. And then we'll do Sorry Pulaks and Pick Six at the pro at the end of the program. So not the uh, not the most dense show. I've been watching a little bit of the MLB playoffs, but not ready to comment on it. I watched some hockey the other night. That was good. Um, still can't watch the Rangers, unfortunately, but it is what it is. So we got that going, and then. Of course, I'm not going to comment on the NBA because, you know, I don't watch it. So, MLB playoffs maybe next week. Maybe next week, but then football and soccer comes back, so who knows? Who knows? But we'll touch, well, you know, when the World Series comes around, I'll, I'll touch base on that just in case. <laughs> um, anyway, NFL headlines around the league at the top of the show in the kickoff. into our NFL Week 6 preview, College Football Week 7 preview, soccer international break with some European qualifiers and Sarah Pulaks and pick six at the end of the program. So let's start with the kickoff. Some NFL headlines around the league, and there are a lot of injuries piling up. I want to talk about Bill Belichick sticking with Mac Jones. We're hearing two names already in the trade rumors um, swirling, and there's some league fines I just want to touch on at the end. So the injuries piling up. Uh, Justin Jefferson goes to the IR. Andy Richardson goes to the IR. H.A.N. Uh, uh, goes to the I.R. So we have three guys missing four weeks minimum. Um, it seems like Justin Jefferson, it, four weeks, and then that fifth week he should be back, they're saying, um, because he's definitely going to miss at least two, if not three. So why not put him on the I.R., uh, free up that roster spot? So I think that was the thing with the Vikings. He should be back um, after those four weeks' time. Now, Richardson is four to eight weeks, so... You can probably see the Colts not rushing to bring him back, especially if they're not, you know, in any type of race for a postseason berth. I wouldn't expect them to rush him back, especially that he's had a couple injuries so far in his rookie campaign. So Richardson on the IR, out four to six weeks. The IR minimum, you're out four weeks. So um, that's the low end of how he could be out. They're, they're saying four to eight. I would not expect the Colts to just force him to come back especially when you have Minshew is certainly capable backup a lot of people can see see him being a starter so uh very capable backup HM this is unfortunate because you know with the absence of Jeff Wilson and Ahmad not really being healthy either uh HM was able to step up and showcase his speed with the touches that he got so early in his career in this rookie season so uh it sucks and hopefully he doesn't get Wally Pitt but I don't really think you could Wally Pippen because that speed is insane. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel for the kid because he did have some injuries at AM, A&M, if I'm not mistaken. Um, him and I, Smith, were, you know, that great tandem of speed either out of the backfield or, you know, split out at wide receiver. But it, it never seemed like they were always healthy together. So, both of them had injuries. Asian getting one here. 
uh, in the NFL in his rookie year. So he also goes to the IR out minimum four weeks. I think early on, a lot of reports were, uh, I think Schefter had him going to the IR and Rappaport kind of had the Dolphins like viewing it week to week. But again, if an injury is going to keep a guy out, you know, most likely three weeks, it's almost better to give him that fourth week on the IR. You Again, you get to free up a roster spot, um, bring somebody in to help out the team or, or elevate somebody at another position, whatever it may be. But uh, H.A. ain't going to the IR. Now, Kelsey is questionable for this week. To be honest, when that injury happened last week in Minnesota, non-contact, kind of just slipping there, I was really worried because it just didn't look great. It had the um, the look of the injury we've seen, you know, hundreds of times on this field turf where a guy's ACL just goes out because they took a bad step somewhere. Um, so it did look like that. Nobody wanted to speculate, but the fact that he comes back in the game and plays the game is insane. But, you know, a lot of people right now saying he could he's questionable for this week. Chiefs only have that one loss opening week to Detroit at home. If they sit him for a week, it might, you know, do him some good. But also, you're on a short week here. If he does play and it doesn't get hurt, then you you have a mini bye for next week so he can even rest some more. So, a couple different ways you could approach it. And then again, you could sit him out this game and then make sure he's ready for the next one. So, Kelsey questionable for this week. That's what the reports are. Deshaun Watson could miss another week, and that would mean uh, DTR would be the Cleveland quarterback again. Um, Watson's been missing practice a little bit in this week as well. So, you know, if, hopefully they tell DTR that, hey, <laughs> he might be playing again before uh, Sunday morning rolls around because that's apparently how uh, DTR found out he was playing was Sunday morning. That's always good, right? Um. Other side of the ball, Leighton Van Der Esch has a neck injury for the Cowboys. Uh, he was having a good season, to be fair, before the San Francisco game. A lot of the Cowboy defense was, but uh, Van Der Esch especially was having a really good year. And then another linebacker, an outstanding linebacker in the AFC, one of the Bills' kind of main components, Milano, is going to most likely be out for the season, which is really, really unfortunate because he's a really, really great um a great linebacker and like a, a a modern era linebacker in the most modern era because, you know, that position has changed so much. The way the amount they have to cover the field now versus previously, there's not a lot of them left. You know, these true kind of middle linebackers, but still hybrid enough to do the coverage part just as enough as the stop the run kind of part and be the leader of the defense. So a lot, a lot of injuries piling up. I did see that the grass turf stuff has gotten to another, um, you know, I guess building block in the argument because <laughs> with the Swifties, the Swifties reacted to Kelsey <laughs> getting hurt on turf. Why are they not playing on grass? Grass is safer. They should be make the game the safest it can be. Why don't they do this? The Swifties. The Swifties. That's so funny to me still. 
So a lot of injuries piling up already in this season. Next up here, Belichick is sticking with Mac Jones. And again, you know, talking about this quarterback play, talking about, the, you know, the Zach Wilson stuff, talking about the Daniel Jones stuff, I feel like I'm repeating myself show after show, but I, I, I want to be reasonable with these guys. You know, like Daniel Jones, I don't know if I could evaluate him this season because the line play for the Giants has been horrendous. And also, you know, one of his top, if not his top skill position guy in Barkley has been out, okay? Mac Jones, the Patriots cannot block. His receiving core is not very good. He's got some good tight ends, but the receivers are not good. The running backs are all right. But if you can't block, run block or pass block, it doesn't matter if you have great receivers. It doesn't matter if you're the best running back. If you can't block, you can't win. So I understand with Belichick being the GM and the head coach, and I already alluded to him being the not doing a good job, and he's not doing a good coaching job, and he'll be the first one to say that. But I don't think you go to, you know, Zappy. Yeah, that doesn't do any that that doesn't change the offensive line play. It's not like Mac is sitting back there, you know, five Mississippi, seven Mississippi, you know, waiting for somebody to come open, and the line's blocking fine, and people are open then, and he just won't throw. Them. No, it's. Half the time, you can't even get to a, a three-step drop, let alone a five-step drop. So, it is a big talking point. It's a big talking point in New England, obviously, because they're not used to losing football, as we know. So, this is, like, tough for them these last few years, post-Brady. But he's sticking with Mac. I think it's the right move. Has Mac shown me this year anything that says that he is the guy. No, not necessarily, but he also hasn't shown me something that says, oh, he is definitely not the guy. Because right now, you can't evaluate him. It's not fair. The line play is so bad. So I understand Belichick sticking with him. I do. Alright, trade rumors already surrounding Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders and Daniel Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings. Hunter, good edge rusher. Guy that can help a team a guy that you bring in to supplement your pass rush. I don't think a team that is lacking pass rush brings him in. I think it's a team that has a couple pass rushers and wants to spell those guys uh, springs for a Daniel Hunter. Now, Devontae Adams is a very interesting name because I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could use that type of receiver that is that winning player that comes in and immediately is your best receiver. And it's not a knock on you know, a team that would bring him in to be their number one receiver. He's just that good and that talented that he's in that first tier of wide receiver once when you look across the league. And there's not 32 of those, even though technically you, you have 32 wide receivers. No, there's not. There's not. So Devontae Adams, the Raiders moving on from him. If he's going to be like, not like a problem, but if he's going to, you know, Say hey, you know I'm not I'm not I didn't come here to lose. Like send me somewhere else. Well, you send him somewhere because you don't want him, you know, affecting any of the other guys. And I think he's been a good soldier so far. So I'm not saying he's one of these guys, but he did kind of pout in Green Bay those last few years. So that's also true. So the two names that are have started the trade rumors: Devontae Adams, 
Daniel Hunter. The league is fine. Tyreek Hill again for his socks. They're mulling it over if they're going to find Kittle for his F Dallas shirt. Now, the Kittle shirt, I understand it's an obscenity, and it's also probably not like an official NFL shirt or like licensed of the Nike manufacturers or on like, like the okay, you know, the shirts you can wear without getting a penalty kind of a thing. Um, so I understand if they're going to find Kittle about that because he lifted it up like on the field to play. It's one thing if he like, you know, wore it under his jersey and then somebody saw it hanging in his locker after the game. Like, did you wear that shirt out there? No, no. Um, but he lifted it up. So they probably are going to find him and rightfully so. The Tyreek Hill socks thing. I mean, he's just wasting money at this point. I understand, you know, you want to be comfortable out there, but, like, the the league has a lot of dumb rules. The Sox rule is really dumb. The cleats rule stuff is really dumb. But that's just what the league is, unfortunately. It, it's really dumb about a lot of things. And the Sox are one of them. And if I've learned anything from, like, Ocho Cinco throughout the years of his antics, like, if you keep doing it, like, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, he's going to keep doing it. I guess we won't find him this week. No, they keep finding you. So, Tyreek's ready to pay, like, that. And it honestly, it's going to get more and more and more because that's just how it works. So, hey, God bless. So, a lot of injuries. Belichick's sticking with this guy. We got some trade rumors already starting here ahead of week six. And then the league is, you know, the league. All right, let's go into our week six preview. Green Bay and Pittsburgh on the bye. We start on Thursday night in Arrowhead. AFC West matchup. Denver, Kansas City. Denver hasn't beaten Kansas City in their last 15 opportunities. And I think it's 16 on Thursday night. The Chiefs are good. The Broncos are bad. This is a division game. Division games are usually, you know, tough and close. But the home team usually wins unless the the road team is much better. Then in case, you know, in those cases, probably the road team wins. So this for me, Denver is bad. They lost to the Jets. Their win against the Bears, like, they should have never won that game. It was a terrible job by the Bears. You know I like Sean Payton, but he's, he's not done a great job so far. I think that's obvious about what's going on. And Kansas City, for me, defensively have shown you something, you know, since that week one loss. Offensively, we know how talented they are. Yes, the wide receivers are, you know, still a lot of them unproven, still a lot of them working on their relationship with Mahomes to establish that chemistry. But if Kelsey can go, they're fine. Pacheco's running style just suits them so well. Um, yeah, they can bang it between the tackles, runs, you know, above his pads kind of a thing. And just as a great compliment to the passing game that you have, that type of running back, that type of punishing guy. Um, coming out of the I formation or coming out of the split back, whatever it is. So for me, this is Kansas City in a route. I understand division. I just said division games are tight and close. This is this is not the Denver Bronco team that goes into Arrowhead and beats Mahomes and the Chiefs. There might be one soon, but this isn't the one for me. Another London game. It's Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore still having so many injuries. Tennessee hasn't really shown me a lot, but you know I love Rabel. Two good coaches in this one. Um, 
a little bit of a playoff rivalry from a few years ago, both you know back-to-back seasons. The Titans eliminated the Ravens, and the Ravens eliminated the Titans. Um, so some rivalry there. Certainly, if some of the players are still there, still Tannehill versus Lamar, I'm pretty sure. So you got to be thinking for Tennessee coming off the loss against Indianapolis on the road. They didn't necessarily play bad. They didn't play good, that's for sure. Baltimore in control of that game against Pittsburgh. Get a punt blocked. And since they didn't put him away, they let him back in the game. And if you let a team back in the game, especially on the road, that team at home is going to start feeling it from the crowd and they're going to have a big opportunity. And that's kind of what happened to Baltimore. Baltimore is the better team here. But that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if Henry has a big game and the Titans win. So give me the Titans. Who cares? Washington and Atlanta. Atlanta at home has been better. Washington hasn't been great, but they have two wins on the road and two opportunities. Uh, home games haven't been great so far, that's for sure. Atlanta games should go over. Fairburn kicked five, what, four or five field goals last week. If one of them is a touchdown, it's a it's a over. Koo kicked two field goals. If one of them is a touchdown, it's an over. Washington's defense is not good, even though they have that you know front guy, that front four, you know. Allen, Payne, Sweat, and Young, they're outstanding. But besides that, they haven't been great. And even those guys haven't had, you know, great starts of the season. Atlanta, Ritter is better at home. The defense is a little bit better at home. I think they'll score some points. They only got 21. They got it a weird way last week. So I like a lot of points in this one. And I think Atlanta sweeps one out at home. San Francisco and Cleveland, if it's DTR, this is a route. If it's Deshaun Watson, it might be close. I just don't see Cleveland being the team that beats San Francisco. San Francisco is so good. I've been telling you they're really good. It's not, you know, it's pretty obvious, but Purdy has been excellent at limiting turnovers. McCaffrey is so, so special. Debo and Ayuk have developed into that great wide receiver tandem. Um... Kittle's outstanding. He's had three touchdowns on three catches. Okay. The line plays great. And then defensively, Bosa and the rest of that D-line, Warner and Greenlaw, the two best linebacker tandem in the league. Okay. And then the back end has played pretty good. And they challenge guys to try to beat them because they trust their front. And Warner's such a great player. So San Francisco in a route for me. New Orleans and Houston. This is a weird game. Houston has shown you something. They did, you know, Stroud went down the field and scored a touchdown to take the lead late, and then Atlanta kicks the field goal to beat them last week. Otherwise, they would have kept this little winning streak alive that they had. They come back home. New Orleans just kicked the Patriots' butts. I I wonder how this game is going to go because... Both teams have shown you the ability to score, but New Orleans' defense is all right, and the Texans' defense did a pretty good job against Atlanta last week um, in that one in the Dome. So I'm leaning towards New Orleans here to sneak one out. I think it's a tight game. It could be a very weird game. Give me New Orleans. Carolina-Miami. Miami's really good. Carolina's really bad. But Miami has shown you 
that they l can let teams hang around unless they put up 70, right? Because they let the Giants back into the game and the Giants kind of hung around even though they still covered. The Dolphins did. Um, the Bill game, they kind of got not punched in the mouth, but they stopped scoring early and then the Bills kept kind of scoring. But Carolina's bad. They put up some points last week against Detroit, but Detroit was really in control of that game. So I could see it, you know, Carolina scoring some points, but Miami offensively, it's very difficult to contain them and stop them. So give me Miami in a route. Seattle, Cincinnati. To me, this is Cincinnati at home taking a big step forward, winning another game here. And saying, all right, everybody calm down. Let's win some football games and everybody chill Because Seattle, to me, is not a good football team. I understand they have some wins already. I understand people are talking them up and Geno and P. Listen, for all the things everybody said about them in September and October, where'd they finish in December and January? Okay? So I like Cincinnati at home here. Find a way to pull one out. Play a tight game. Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Minshew in for Richardson. Jacksonville coming off the two games in London. I think this is tight. I think Jacksonville does pull it out, but I don't think there's a lot of scoring in this one. If it was the game in Indy, maybe the conditions a little more you know, temperate. Be a little different, but this in Jacksonville. Be a little warm down there. Give me Jags in a tight one. Minnesota and Chicago. Minnesota is favored. This game should be a pick 'em, and I don't understand it. The Bears aren't good. The Vikings aren't good. This game should be a pick 'em. The fact that the road team is a favorite worries me, but I like Chicago. Fields, I I think is the most talented player because Jefferson's out. It's not Cousins. So I guess I'm just taking the best player on the field to at least, you know, hang in there at home. So give me Chicago. New England and Vegas. McDaniels versus Belichick. Vegas is not a good team. Some of their, you know, their wins have been kind of scroungy. Um, New England is not good. I don't know how they're going to block Crosby. The New England defense is going to have to keep the Raiders out of the end zone. But other than that, it's, it's going to be tough for New England to score some points because they're not going to be able to block. They're not going to be able to block. How are they going to be able to block? So give me Vegas at home, I guess. Detroit-Tampa. could be. I think this is one of the better games of the weekend. Uh, Tampa has shown you something, especially at home. I think Detroit has been a really, really good team. Exciting. Uh, a lot of good young players on that football team. And I love the coach. I think Tampa does find a way to win the game here. Uh, I, I think it's... Um, I think everybody's going to be leaning on Detroit. I think they're going to be leaning heavy on... Detroit. 
So I'll go the other way. I'll go Tampa finds a way at home. But I think it's a high-scoring game. I do. I think that game is a uh, a high-scoring game. All right. Next up, we got Arizona and the L.A. Rams. Rams coming off not a great showing against Philly. I thought they showed that they were in the game, and then that second half, they really, you know, the, sh- the shove play at the end of the first half changed the entire game. You know, the Rams are winning. You know, worst case, they, they get a field goal against them. It's 14-13. They're still winning at the half. No, instead, 17-14 because they did the shove play with one second left, and it actually worked. Again, of course. Uh, Cardinals are bad. Their lone win, they jumped on the Cowboys early and just kind of suffocated them. Cowboys weren't good for playing from behind. Um, Rams at home for me. The Cardinals are not a team that's going to go up there and, and sell out the Rams fans like the Eagles would or some other teams, right? So, Cardinals, I'm not really afraid of traveling. Rams will be actually be a home game for them instead of a road game. Give me the Rams. Philly and the Jets. See, I was thinking about taking the Jets here because Philly's going to lose at some point. They're not as good as they were last year. Still a good football team. That's not what I'm saying. There's... They're a good football team, but they're not as good as last year. Um, so the Jets, I think, are alive here. If they can keep the game close and tight, you know, maybe take advantage of the bad weather. Eagles don't get their, you know, down the field game going as much. And the Jets can hang in, but Philly's going to find a way to win the game. Sunday night, Giants, Bills. Daniel Jones is banged up. Milano, as I already said, is out for the season. The Bills coming home after not showing up until really the second half in that game in London against Jacksonville. I think they come home and really send a message. You know, after losing, they've sent messages. Okay. Um, And the Giants are really bad. I don't know how they're going to block the Bills' front. Von Miller's back. He's a difference maker for that team on that back, uh, on that uh, front seven. So I, I just think, I, I don't understand how this can be kept close. Like the closest they can keep it is kind of what they did against Miami last week, the Giants, that you know they got gifted a touchdown at the end of the half. There's no way that should have been 14-10 game, 17-10 at the half, whatever it was, because they got the field goal. The Dolphins did. But the Dolphins, like, let the Giants hang around. I'm not sure the Bills are going to do that. Bills probably big. Cowboys go to SoFi to take on the Chargers, so you know it'll be a big Cowboy contingency on Monday night in SoFi. Chargers coming off the bye. Cowboys played... A horrendous football game. A horrendous football game in San Francisco. They got to get their mojo back. I don't want to be like, this is a must win. It's a very, very important game. You know, I believe I said in the preview show or the over-unders, I was like, the Cowboys' worst case, I would say, is 3-2 and after 5. You know, a loss to San Francisco and maybe a loss to the Aaron Rodgers Jets. Well, Aaron Rodgers wasn't with the Jets and the losses to the Cardinals, but I still said... Three and two 
worst case after five, I'm all right with that. And here we are. So, Cowboys got a big stretch of their schedule coming up. Continues here with this Monday night game against the Chargers. Eckler should be ready to go. No Mike Williams, as we know, but... Um, they drafted Johnson out of TCU. They obviously have Keenan Allen. So, their offense is good. Herbert's outstanding. Defensively, if they're healthy, Bosa, Mack, they're, like, they're so, go so, so good. But the Cowboys got to bounce back. The Cowboys have a talented team, and you know what I think the problem with the Cowboys is, and it's obviously the coach, who is also the play caller, who's also a bozo, uh, who's also the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. But I think the Cowboys are a better team, and Staley will find a way to blow this game to Mike McCarthy. That's all I know. Staley will find a way to lose this game to Mike McCarthy, and everyone's going to be like, this guy's got to go. So give me the Cowboys on Monday night. All right. Pros to the student-athletes, college football week seven preview. Oregon, number eight, number seven, Washington. Game of the year, the Pac-12 most likely. Possible game of the year of the season, if you look at it. Um, two great quarterbacks. Washington went there last year and won in a shootout. Panics outplaying Knicks by just a little bit, but both quarterbacks played well. Knicks has his Oregon team ready. Irving James, duo backfield. Franklin, the main target for him and for Penix's offense. Johnson's been the running back. A doozy, Polk, McMinnon, the three-headed monster at receiver. Both defenses have shown you something this year. Washington a little bit better at defending the run than the pass, which could throw that Oregon offense into um, light speed, throwing the football rather than running it. But they've done a good job with Knicks and, and Irving and James running the football. The Ducks defense has had some really good showings on this side of the ball, not allowing a lot of points, not allowing a lot of yards, getting off the field, getting some turnovers, limiting big plays. So the Ducks have had a really good start to their season defensively. So I think we're going to get a lot of points just because the offensive talent is a little bit better than defensive talent, even though both defenses have been playing pretty good, to be fair. Um, but I think we get a shootout. Penix is really, really good. He's slinging it, gets the ball out. The lefty. Washington at home, tough place to go. But I think Oregon has revenge on their mind. I just saw the jerseys. They look sick. They're like paint spotted. They look so sick with the white. And I like Penix, but I just like Knicks a little bit more. So give me Oregon. And obviously, I like Oregon more. You know that. All right. USC, number 10. Notre Dame, number 21. Big game in South Bend. It's unfortunate that Notre Dame picked up a second loss. Otherwise, this would have been their possible elimination game. Um, but it is a big one. USC, Caleb Williams, the reigning uh, Heisman Trophy winner, taking on Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame Irish. Two really, really good quarterbacks again. And the Irish defense has shown you that they can play. The USC defense has not shown you anything. So if it gets into um, a game where it's tight and close, I think that favors the Irish. Uh, if it's more open, 
in scoring, it's going to be USC going away because I just don't think Notre Dame can score like they showed so early in the season. So I like USC in the game. Unfortunately for Notre Dame, they just don't have enough. Um, and it's a tough spot. Ne pretty much eliminated from the postseason now uh, in the playoff, at least with the two losses. But they could start to ruin USC's season, I guess. But it's going to be very, very difficult, especially if Williams gets it going. Um, the USC skills so guys are so, so, so talented. So uh, I'm going to lean towards SC in this one to beat the Irish in South Bend. Another good matchup of quarterbacks, number 25 Miami, number 12 UNC. Miami should be unbeaten. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday's show, one of the most more heinous losses you're ever going to see, a disgusting uh, display of coaching intelligence or lack thereof. So a uh, really, really bad job by Mario and Miami. But we got two really good quarterbacks here. Van Dyke going up against May. Um, May and UNC have just been putting it on some teams. Uh, what they, they had to be averaging over 35, if not close to 40. Um, Miami should be able to score. Are they going to be able to score with UNC is the question. I don't think so. I think UNC will be able to create some distance between them and Miami. Give me UNC. Then we got number 18, UCLA, number 15, Oregon State. More against DJU, another good matchup of quarterbacks here. UCLA won that game against Wazoo at home. Big spot. Oregon State beat Wazoo. Um, then beat Cal last week. So they've been riding the wave of some momentum, some Ws. It's going to be interesting because we know Chip wants to run a specific type of offense, but the rule changes have kind of hurt him with the clock and the possessions and all that stuff. So does he want to get in a, in a shootout with Oregon State, a team that has shown the ability to run with success, the ability to throw with some success, also run with the quarterback with some success, but defensively, I mean, they gave it, what, 21 to Cal last week? Cal's been scoring a little bit, but... Um, it's in Corvallis. Give me the Beavs. Beavs find a way. Probably going to be raining. Number one, UGA goes to Vandy. They'll kill him. They'll kill him running away. Bama hosts Arkansas. Milrose has shown me that his passing acumen has come along. His ability to throw it to the right receiver, his ability to throw it on time and accurate, I think has improved um, since they kind of we're pulling guys and losing games, right? So, I like I like Bam in this spot big. Florida State's going to kill Syracuse, especially because they could should have crushed Virginia Tech last week and didn't. Ohio State against Purdue. Purdue's had Ohio State's number, but not this year. Indiana goes to Michigan. Michigan will blow them out. Cal goes to Utah. Utah will hang a number on them. Kansas and Oklahoma State. This is a very interesting game. In Stillwater, I like Oklahoma State. Penn State will kill UMass. Tennessee and A&M in Knoxville. A&M's not bad. Uh, unfortunately for them, with some of the losses they've had, and especially at the quarterback position, with Agnes, um, it's been unfortunate. I think they go to Knoxville, find a way to win the game. Tennessee hasn't necessarily impressed me. And I think A&M has had a lot of players play a lot of games for them. And Jimbo's coaching for his life. Louisville against Pitt. Louisville went up 11 spots. Outstanding. 
they'll find a way to win that game. Wazoo against Arizona. This could be high scoring. This could be intense. This could be a spot for Arizona to get a ranked win, but in the Palouse, give me Wazoo. Auburn, LSU. LSU should be able to continue the momentum from the Mizzou win. Find a way to put up a number on Auburn because Auburn is not good. I know they were lead against Georgia. It doesn't matter. Kentucky against Mizzou. Interesting game. Kentucky got humbled last week. Mizzou also lost. So two teams coming off losses. Who gets right? I think it's Kentucky at home. And then Duke, NC State. Duke should handle that one. So we got an international break for footy. Spain and Scotland's a big game. I think Scotland, if they get a result, they qualify for Euros already very early in the qualifying process. So they'll be pretty happy with that. Austria-Belgium is a big game. Netherlands-France is a big game. And then Wales-Croatia. I believe Wales can also qualify if they get a result. So Scotland go down to Spain looking for a result. And Wales are at home against the Croats uh, trying to get a victory or at least a result there to get them into the European championship so yeah a little shorter of a show here not a lot of big um not a lot of soccer games to go over so it is what it is and um and we're on international break what are you gonna do so um i'm not gonna just make up takes to talk to. that's just not how that show works if you've listened to the show before so all right let's do our picks portion of the show let's start with survivor pool locks Thirteen and two on the year for Survivor Pool Locks. I think back to back. Um, three and a weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty sure. So thirteen and two. Pick number one: Miami at home against Carolina. Carolina is not a good football team. Miami's a good football team. This is a out of conference. This is a home game. Is a good football team versus a bad football team. I'll take my chances. Give me Miami at home versus the Carolina Panthers. Pick number one for Survivor Pool Locks in week six. Pick number two. This is in division, but it is a home game. Arizona's not going to get a lot of wins. Rams are going to bounce back after losing to the Eagles. Arizona fans don't travel. More Rams fans in SoFi. Who's house? So that should be Rams house this week. Rams at home. Get you a win into week seven. And pick number three. Sunday night. Bills coming home from London. Giants traveling upstate. The Giants are really, really bad. I don't know how they're going to block. They might score a couple points here or there. But the Bills are going to route them. Bills big. On Sunday night, looking for another 3 0 week in Survivor Pool Locks. 13 2 on the season. Pick number one, Miami at home against Carolina. Pick number two, the Rams at home against the Cardinals. And pick number three, the Bills at home against the New York Football Giants. Survivor Pool Locks for week six in the National Football League. All right, so that was Survivor Pool Locks. So that means the pick six is up next. It is the FFF SOSS pick six for week six 
in the National Football League, the league where they play. For pay. We had a pretty good start to pick six. Cooled off a little bit. Some not great weeks. But we're 15 and 15. Could be a lot worse. Should certainly be better if you look back at some of the picks. But 15 and 15 is something to build off of. We're not out of it early in the season here like we've been in years past where we had to fight back every week. We still got an opportunity, so let's do it. Pick number one. This is a pick that I go to often in Atlanta over. Washington, Atlanta, over 42, pick number one. In the Dome, Atlanta should have gone over last week. Commanders have gone over in a lot of games. Commanders off a mini buy and a loss. They'll be motivated to play, ready to get out there. Howell's got something to prove. Ritter certainly has everything to prove every week. Robinson's been pretty good when he holds onto the ball. I like the total here. The over, Washington, Atlanta, pick number one, over 42. Pick number two, it's a big number, but it, it's it's supposed to be. Dolphins are giving 13 to Carolina. Miami at home, very good team. McDaniel's an excellent coach. I love Miami in this spot. I think they're gonna kill Carolina. You know, this might be, this might, they hang 40, hang 50 again, and give up like 17, and we're cake, we're easy. So, Pinger to Miami minus 13 against Carolina. Pick number three. I think I might be chasing Jacksonville here, but I think I might be on the tail of Indy. And I'm not looking at the, the spread here, I'm looking at the numbers, the total. And I think Indy, Jacksonville, Jacksonville coming home from London. Indy going down to Florida. Back up in for Indy in Minshew instead of Richardson. I think it's an under. So Indy, Jacksonville, pick number three, we're gonna go under 46. Indy, Jacksonville, under 46, pick number three. Pick number four. I can't believe I'm taking this game. Two teams I really don't really like. Two teams that should never be favored against anybody. And I guess I'll just take a home dog here where I think the quarterback's better. And they, they did well last week. Can they find a way to win a game again? Or at least keep it close. Pick number four is Bears plus three at home against Minnesota. Minnesota shouldn't be a favorite against anyone, certainly on the road. I don't care if they're playing the Bears. This game should be a pick them. And I would have stayed away from it because I don't think the Bears are going to win. But a home dog in division, it's just a principal bet. Pick number four, Chicago plus three at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Pick number five. I think it's a very good game in this schedule especially in this slate. Detroit, Tampa. 
I know the Tampa defense has playmakers. I know the Lions defense has some playmakers too, but I like both offenses here. Big's done a really good job with that Tampa offense. And you know I love Goff. And the Lions have shown me something as well. So pick number five is going to be Detroit, Tampa, over 43. Pick number six in our final pick. Rams minus seven against Arizona. Arizona's bad. The Rams aren't. Arizona's coach is bad. The Rams coach is good. Arizona's quarterback's bad. The Rams quarterback is good. The Rams have the best player in the field in either Donald or Cooper Cup. The Cardinals don't have those players. Rams minus seven at home against the Arizona Cardinals is pick number six. So let's recap. Pick number one, Washington, Atlanta, over 42. I think I like the total going over there. I could have seen that being 45, to be honest. So 42, I think we get a little low. Miami minus 13 against Carolina. That's a bloodbath. Pick number three is Indy Jacksonville under 46. Pick number four, Chicago plus three against the Minnesota Vikings at home in Soldier Field. Pick number five, Detroit, Tampa over 43. Pick number six, the LA Rams minus seven in division against the Arizona Cardinals at home in SoFi. Pick number one, Washington, Atlanta over 42. Pick number two, Miami, minus 13 versus the Carolina Panthers. Pick number three, Indy, Jacksonville, under 46. Pick number four, Chicago, plus three against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Pick number five, Detroit, Tampa, over 43. And finally, pick number six, the LA Rams, minus seven against the Arizona Cardinals in SoFi, the week six, FFF, SOSS, pick six for the National Football all right everybody enjoy it should be a good football weekend unfortunately no uh soccer but you got MLB postseason going on and basketball is probably around the corner if you're a basketball fan hockey underway so you got a lot of sports going on. Unfortunately, no golf. So losing a couple, but gaining a couple. And one coming down to the close of their season in baseball. So big football weekend. Some good games in this week six. Some big matchups in college football on Saturday that we will, of course, recap on Tuesday's show. So look forward to that. Big NFL recap, big college football recap. And we'll see how the picks portions of this uh, picks segments portions of the show. There we go. I was trying to rearrange those words in my head, how they made sense the most, but there we go. Uh, we'll see how those do for next week as well. So everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Hopefully it's not raining where you are. But if it is, that gives you an excuse to sit inside and watch football all weekend. All right, everybody enjoy it. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Until then, peace.
football and sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.